Welcome into Bears Weekly, powered by IGS Energy, a Chicago Bears network production. Bears Weekly is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Athletico Physical Therapy, Bet Rivers. Also brought to you by CDW, Connie's Pizza, and Miller Lite. Here are your hosts, Jeff Joniak, a.k.a. the Mayor of Bearsville, and his sidekick, Tom the Surfmaster Thayer. All right, riding the wave here. Yeah, off a win, right, big time. We're off a win, headed to Soldier Field to re-up in the division with the Minnesota Vikings. And welcome into Bears Weekly, Jeff Joniak and Super Bowl winning Bear Tom Thayer. Tom, I love the division. I love the division games. There's something about it, the familiarity. You just get jacked up for it. And it's time the Bears to stop that NFC North losing streak and clobber the Minnesota Vikings. How you feeling? Well, good. You know, the weather's a changing. The leaves are falling. A little bit of moisture in the air. And then you're playing an indoor team outdoors on natural grass, and that always seemed a little bit of an advantage for the Bears. So I hope they can capitalize on the good mood that's going around Hallis and around the Chicago Bear football world and capitalize on um, an opportunity to go out there and win a game at home. You know, last uh, year... They won against New England off of a one of these 10 days breaks, and they had a great game plan and beat the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. Do you think that factors in here in the preparation mode for this one? I do, but, you know, it's kind of, you know, the Justin Fields, you know, last year, you know, he would have almost 190 yards rushing in a game. Now he's got 191 yards rushing total with the longest run of 20 yards. Is Justin becoming the passer that we all hoped and wished he would for a long tenure in the NFL, but he still has the threat of the running ability? And so I'm interested to see where Justin goes from here because he's uh, he's been pretty dynamic with the passing football the last couple of weeks. To allow the Bears to be really balanced. Tom, and uh, this is a conversation with Luke Getze at the podium today up here at Hallis Hall about this recent development of fields. I don't think there's anything uh, in particular that we, you know, I say there's this magic wand that we that we had or anything like that. I think, I think experience gives you confidence. I think um, different exposures gives you confidence. I think learning from your mistakes, learning from the things you do well, gives you this confidence to go out and do your job. Um, and then, you know, we talked about two weeks ago. I think it was, you know, the. The, the big deal was of, you know, letting them play free was, is it, is it running? Is it throwing? Is it, it's a blend, right? It's being able to play the game um, to doing what you do well and trusting your instincts and all that stuff. But you can only trust your instincts when you feel comfortable in what you're doing. And I think, I think we've seen him over the last you know year or so just start to get more comfortable with what's going on around him. Yeah, and that's a natural progression in a new scheme, right? This is year two, uh, just getting into year two in this scheme. But the, the reason for the question answered that way he did about the magic wand, because, because of what Justin had to say several weeks ago after the three-game losing streak, they wanted to play more free. The, everybody thinks that there was this behind-closed-doors conversation demand. No. Uh, Getsy says nothing like that happened. This was just, the, it's the natural progression of what, but things have changed a little bit. They're playing a lot more two tight ends. A lot, you know, the 12 personnel that everybody's talking about, one back, two tight ends. Uh, they are using the middle of the field more. Justin's hanging in the pocket, and, and the pocket's been clean. Last week was awesome. Uh, and we're going to talk to Cody White here coming up here in the second segment, Tom. And you appreciated how they blocked in the run, the pulls by the big guys. On the right side of the line, moving left, uh, Tevin Jenkins' performance and just the pocket clean for Justin to make those long developing routes come home and hit. Well, first thing about Justin, offensive football is repetitiously learned, and I always say that. 
And when you talk about repetitiously, that means 30 to 50 times of every single play that you, you have in your offensive arsenal. But then when you think of what the offense was able to provide for Justin in the clean pocket, the unhassled uh, opportunity to sit back there and survey the field. But again, it comes from the mind of Luke Getze. I love the first play of the game. I don't care if it was an incompletion to Darnell Mooney. What they came out and they said, okay, you guys have four established defensive linemen. You're at home. We think we can pass block against you. And that's what we're going to do from play one. And a difficult play to call on play one just because you don't have your rhythm yet. You don't have that second wind. You haven't, you know, developed your comfort zone yet. But Luke said, hey, I'm not buying that. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for it. And they took a shot. And it was just off the fingertips of Darnell Mooney. And everybody knows what happened after that. Yeah. uh, DJ Moore (laughs) came alive. Man, did he come alive. 200-plus, the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, as we discussed on Bears, etc., a podcast you can hear every uh, Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, wow. Uh, first time since Marcus Robinson with, with uh, an NFC Player of the Week. I know Coach Eberflus likes to look at it as a team honor, not individual, and that's fair because you got to have everything working, all 11 guys working to make that happen. Uh, but I uh, brought that up, and I, we were both shocked that Mar- Brandon Marshall or Alshon Jeff- yeah. Jeffrey never got that. So uh, Marcus Robinson had a, had a great run here with the Bears. Now, you mentioned Mooney, and I think it's one of your keys to the game, getting a number, a, another guy heavily involved in the offense to make it more balanced. And this is uh, where, where Mooney's at right now, according to Getze. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously Darnell – He's a great talent. He's a powerful guy, athletic. I think the cool part about him is he's settling into, you know, playing the position assignment friendly, you know. And so he, you got week week one or two where maybe there was a, some some missed assignments and stuff. And so all that stuff is just kind of, you know, he's figuring he's figuring out his game. He's figuring out the system. Um, he's figuring out how to play next to somebody. And it's really important when you have the tight ends that we have. And then you know, now he has Nate. I think all that stuff just makes everything a little bit better uh, when, you, when you can continue to get those reps with these guys. So, listen, Darnell has been, you know, an exciting player since the moment he showed up here. I don't think, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys as dedicated as he is to want to be better and want to be a part of the offense. So um, I'm excited about his continuous development and how he can help out this offense. So that that's what I'm waiting to see. Uh, so news of the day, uh, nothing's really changed in terms of the injury report, Tom. It's uh, it's pretty much the same as yesterday. So hopeful for some returning players like Kyler Gordon, uh, like Jalen Johnson, like uh, Eddie Jackson on the back end of the defense. And then uh, it looks like the running game could fall to Dante Foreman. Uh, I, I don't say I don't mean to mean that in a bad way when I say fall to because obviously Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson are getting the carries and and uh, just one game so far for Foreman, but. What he did last year in Carolina, a thumper back on a wet turf in in the rain against a division opponent, okay, I'm good with it. Let's go. You know, I remember years ago in, at the, in our, on our broadcasting lives when James Allen had an opportunity, I think it was able to play against the Baltimore Ravens, and he had like 160-something yards, 160 unexpected yards by a running back who got thrust into action. So, look, I don't think the running change, I don't think the variety of what you can do on offense changes one iota because Deontay Foreman is probably get a bulk of the carry. So, um, I think I don't think they should shy away from the running game. I think it still needs to be an important influence on how, on how they play you and respect you 
defensively. So I don't expect any changes uh, because Foreman's playing. Got a great memory, big time. December 20th, 1998, 22 carries, 163 yards against the Baltimore Ravens in a 24-3 win over the Bears. I I, I took that right off the top of my noggin, Jeff. I didn't (laughs) study it, and I wasn't prepared for it. Uh, And a touchdown and three catches in the game. So he had uh, three 100s in his career uh, at the Jets at Minnesota, but that game against Baltimore – in uh, 1998, uh, that was uh, that was a biggie. So, yeah. uh, and that and that was back to Marcus Robinson and James Allen. They were practice squad, or you know, I, I, did they have the practice squad back then? If not, they were practice players who were killing the defense every day up at Hallisaw. They finally got opportunity, and they never went back that way. They were going forward because their careers. Really I mean, took what, off. what's the difference of Foreman not being on the active roster so far? And now he's Mister Active. So I'm excited to see how he capitalizes on his opportunity. All right, we need to take our first break here on Bears Weekly. Coming up, my conversation with Cody White here, the veteran offensive lineman. We'll dig into his season and what's next for the Bears here on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody, to Bears Weekly here on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. Pleased to be joined by Cody Whitehair. Tom will rejoin the program in just a minute. And this segment of Bears Weekly is sponsored by CDW, people who get it. Uh, I wrote this about you because I, I want to get it right. <clears throat> Durable, versatile, reliable, and congenial. And you're the greatest teammate of all time, honest to God. I, you, your career has been something else, and you never, ever, ever, ever complain or show anything but a smile on your face. You're a grinder. I mean, th- this is all true, right? So it's kind of just, um, you know, it started at a young age and has just carried with me through my older age. What's happened offensively here in the past couple of weeks uh, and getting a win, we'll talk about what that's been all about, but uh, the offense started to percolate last year for a stretch. That was with Justin's legs, and everything started to build off that. Now it appears to be building off a balanced attack, but that arm going deep. Uh, the offensive line last week, you guys did an amazing job. The pockets were so clean. I mean, that was... <laughs> Like textbook. Yeah, you know, we talked a lot about that. And, uh, you know, with Justin and the weapons we have, you know, both in the run game and pass game, just being able to give us a little bit more time back there to, to um, you know, make those plays develop would, would help us win the game. And, uh, you know, we really bought into that, and that's kind of what we did. And, um, you know, it really worked for us on Thursday night. So uh, really excited about that. Yeah, and no one's bounced around more than you, obviously. You've never you never complained about it. We're just joking around here. But it, but it is a reality of your NFL life. And so, boom, uh, Tevin was going to get some snaps in there somehow, and then Lucas goes down, and here comes the man. i got to go back there and start snapping. I mean, uh, do, do you practice snapping every day just in case? Um, you know, the or la- no? <laughs> the last, uh, you know, about six weeks, no. Um you know, I would do maybe two reps every week or something, but uh, you know, hasn't hasn't really popped up much of recent until uh, you know this week. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's been fun. It's been fun to be back at center and and have that uh, you know kind of relationship and work with Justin. So, uh, you know, it's been good. We're looking forward to this Sunday and uh, you know start stacking some wins. You know, with me, if I hadn't done something for six weeks in a row, I'd be. Nervous. If I go on vacation, I haven't been on the air for a while. I get a little nervous that day. Do you, do you, in the heat of the moment, you have no time to be nervous. But do you? You have to avoid overthinking the snap. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there was obviously a few that I wanted back. Um, you know, but uh, you know, I felt like overall it was pretty good. And uh, you know, just got to iron out those wrinkles and uh, 
you know, get back on it. And, and is repetition the key to iron out the wrinkles? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Just getting back into that routine and kind of feeling it out again um, is the biggest thing. And, and what's more important? Uh, obviously, you don't do much under center, but you have to. That seems to be the easier yeah, connection the, for the, sure, right? The under center is, is, is by far easier. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, the gun is just more repetition than anything. And, uh, you know, obviously this week got a lot more reps at it, so feel pretty good about it. All right, so we're headed into week six of the season. How, how do you feel physically? Good. Um, you know, it's obviously nice uh, to have kind of the schedule set up that we have, you know, where it's, you know, four weeks, a Thursday game, then we get a little bit of time off, and we're kind of right back into it. So, uh, you know, physically feel great, and, uh, you know, just uh, like I said, trying to stack these wins and keep it rolling. So let's talk about that because it has been a roller coaster ride for you. You're, you're the you're the tenured guy here, right? So you've experienced a lot of losing, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, do you carry those losses? Do you uh, do you wear them on your sleeve, or are you a forget about it kind of guy? Hey, and you got to roll them up and be a representative of what this team is in, in terms of leadership for that locker room. Yeah, I think you know it, it goes with wins and losses. You got to kind of have a short-term memory and kind of forget about whether it is a win, whether it is a loss, you know, if you played well, if you didn't play so well, you know, you kind of got to forget about it and uh, move on to the next week. And I I guess since a young age, Coach Bill Snyder, you know, when I first got to Kansas State, was always like win the day and uh, and be 1-0 that that day and that will lead on to that week. So, uh, you know, that's kind of stuck with me, Um, you know, and that's kind of what I do is just – win the day and can't let the past affect the future. Yeah, you mentioned Bill Snyder, and I, I brought it up on our podcast, Bears, etc., with Tom yesterday at the end of our our, our, uh, our show, and I, got, I, I know I have it here. So it made him so happy to hear about it because it was about Bill Snyder. Bill Snyder, who arguably orchestrated the greatest football sport turnaround ever at Kansas State. This was in somebody wrote about it. Quote, the weight room is the heart of your team heartbeat of your team it creates its mindset and you are not consistently going to beat anyone without gaining advantage in that area of the program as you nod affirmatively tom said i want a shirt that says that from bill snyder uh does that resonate with you because he was your guy yeah it does um you know it's kind of crazy like from my first summer you know you get done with high school and you kind of go there in the summer and uh you know like high school lifting you just kind of like you know, <laughs> you're, 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 you're trying to get stronger, obviously, but it's it's nothing like college or the NFL. Um, and I'll never forget this, but our, our very first morning we walked into the weight room, it was power cleans, squats, you know, and it's like you're max repping every time. Wow. You know, you're, you're going for singles and trying to, you know, make new records, personal records for yourself. So, uh, you know, that that's that kind of stuck with me. And then, you know, with, with Clyde too, um you know, I'd always come in, and every morning he'd be like, we're going to hit a new best, you know. <laughs> so um, it's pretty cool how, uh, you know, all that's transpired. Yeah, well, it's made a difference in your career, don't you believe? For sure, 100%. And, and you know, I think it's had to deal with, you know, how healthy I've been for the most part. Um, you know, dealt with a little bit of injury last year, but other than that in my career, I've been fairly healthy. So I think, you know, uh, a lot of that goes in with, uh, you know, being strong and, and staying fit. Yeah, Tom says it all the time, a lot of these injuries that pop up whether it be soft tissue or you know you can't bo- broken bones are going to happen yeah, you know sure. uh some sprains are going to happen but in terms of that he he feels it would make a big difference he lived it himself so yeah you I, agree i agree 100 yeah. percent. yeah but these these things do flare up all right um so the stretch 
now that's coming up and you never look forward, but we do as media or whatever, you know, <laughs> everybody looks forward uh, as opposed to just living in the moment of the day. Um, but what would one win for this younger team, does it carry more weight than it normally would? I mean, I, I just have this sneaking suspicion it does. Yeah, I mean, you, you always want to try and get that momentum, um, you know, and kind of let that one, you know, because once you really get that winning feeling, you're trying to never never yeah. lose it, you know. Yeah. So I think as a young team um, and where we are right now, um, you know, if that can stick with some guys a little bit and carry kind of that momentum, I guess, more so, if you will, um, into this Sunday. Do you, I mentioned if you wear your losses, do you ever take them home? I, I don't. Um, you know, for me, I mean, obviously you're frustrated or you're happy, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I owe it to my kids. You know, those yeah. those are the times and my wife, um, you know, they sacrifice a lot for me during the week. So when we do get some time off, um, you know, to carry that is unfair to them. Um, you know, so when I'm at home, I try and be full in, uh, you know, being a husband and a dad and, and trying to give them my best. Offensive lineman, I got to say, offensive lineman, center guard, you name it, he'll play tackle if we need him, uh, and he'd play fullback. I'd love to see a, a take a turn and a give from Fields to Cody at the goal line and That'd be great. Uh, splash into the end zone. That'll leave some vibrations. Uh, Cody Whitehair, our veteran offensive lineman here with the Bears on Bears Weekly. Tom Thayer along in just a moment. All right, so uh, everybody at the podium when Justin was there yesterday and uh, Coach Getze there today, they're looking for these. Morsels of information to try and define what this sudden turnaround is offensively in terms of scoring the last two weeks and the passing game and DJ, all that. But, you know, Luke saying, no, it's just the natural progression of things. Would you also characterize it like that? Yeah, you would. Um, you know, I think, you know, we are a young team and, you know, there was some new pieces on this offense. Obviously, we have quite a few carryover, but, uh, you know, there's new changes, you know, due to injuries or certain things like that. So now that, uh, you know, we're kind of rolling and we're kind of getting in our groove, I think, you know, we're only going to continue to get better, too. And, and hopefully things stay quiet surrounding the team and yes. everything else. Because that, yes. that, that had to be a little bit of a stressor. Yeah. You know, anytime you get adversity, um, it can be tough. But, uh, you know, as long as we stick together and... Uh, you know, kind of push through those tough times and, you know, lean on each other a little bit more. We're able to get through those. All right. I, I think one of the most beautiful things in sports is a perfectly executed sweep, pulling tackle, pulling guards, you name it. Um, and, and that's happening. It happened last season, too, with the running game. You know, those power pistol runs by Justin, uh, they're sweeping left behind the left tackle on left guard in, in your case. Uh how much do you enjoy watching that come to life? Because it is an orchestration. Everything's got to, you got to hit your landmarks. You got to, you know, Darnell Wright rooting out. I mean, I know he's a 166 pound rookie corner, but you have to steamroll him. He's there and he did it and stayed on his feet. Yeah, you do. Uh, you know, it was a well executed play, not only by just, you know, the line and, and you know, it takes receivers yeah. that, that are willing to block. And we have that, um, you know, our receivers take a lot of pride in blocking and, um, you know, helping out our run game. So that's pretty cool to have them too. But, uh, you know, it was all around just well-executed play. And, uh, you know, we love those come Monday when we watch tape. How hard was it on Nate, you know, for the loss of his mom? That was certainly something. Did you guys rally around him in his yeah, absence? Yeah, we did. Um, you know, anytime, you know, I, I can't speak on that because I've never had to go through that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we just try and let him know we're here for him. We love him. Um, you know, anything he needs, uh, 
you know, we're here from them. But, uh, you know, it was definitely tough. And uh, we felt it in our room as well, um, you know, because we know one of our brothers is hurting and you never want to see that. Um, you know, so we try and rally around them and help them get through that situation the best we can and, uh, you know, still try and stay focused. All right, task at hand, Minnesota here. Uh, another streak has to end, though. You guys have lost, I think, eight in a row in the division yep. and nine in a row at home. Like, I didn't even realize that. But, again, it's a different team, a different year, but some of that s- sticks with you a little bit, you know. And uh, to flush it, you got to beat this Minnesota team. What have you seen from them up front? Yeah, you know, uh, they're a stout, stout defense. They added some a couple pieces, you know, Green Bay. They added one of their D linemen, Dean Lowry. Lowry. Yeah. Um, you know, so we've seen a lot of him. Um, you know, good player. They're stout at, at, at the point of attack. So, uh you know, we just got to make sure we're on our details. Um, we obviously know they blitz a lot, too. Um, you know, so just making sure we're on our stuff and, uh, you know, being able to execute will help us out. I've watched two of their games. I haven't watched all of them. But, boy, these figures that I'm hearing, even from Coach Eberflus, 61% of the time they're blitzing. I mean, I guess we should just trust that Brian Flores, that's in his DNA. Yep. He's going to bring five. He's going to bring six. He might bring seven. Right. You know, and that, that's that's kind of the thing he does. Um you know, he's he's just a heavy pressure kind of guy. So, uh, you know, being able to handle the movement and the pressure and, uh, you know, once you're able to do that, there's, uh, you know, you, you try and, uh, you know, open it up a little bit. So uh, that's what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun weekend for sure. Yeah, there's some familiarity in the division. I don't, do you love division games? Because, yes, Dean Lowry was a Packer, played 13 times, I think, yep. in, in his career. Uh, but, you know, Harrison Smith is lurking. He's a blitzer. You got yep. uh, Daniil Hunter. I mean, you get used to twice a year seeing these guys. I know schemes change, coaches change, but the player doesn't. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it can kind of be towards your advantage, I guess, if you will, seeing those guys multiple times. Um, you kind of know what to expect from those guys. Um, but you also have to be ready, um, you know, for their best shot too. Um, you know, and they're going to get our best shot. So it's kind of a battle of the best shots, I guess, if you will. <laughs> um, you know, but the, those division games, obviously, they hold more weight. Um you know, and like you said, we're just trying to trying to keep this thing rolling and get that division win for sure. All right. Ball up your fists and go, buddy. You bet. Thanks. Thank you. Cody Whitehair. Coming up next, Tom Thayer rejoins the program. This is Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Producers Jordan Trudup and Dan Verrilli from the Bears, and tonight in the ESPN 1000 studios, we've got uh, we've got uh, Jake Cantu and Charlie Bevins, Blevins. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> sorry, Charlie. Executive producer of the Bears Radio Network is Eric Ostrowski. Coming up tonight, uh, we will have after the show the dynamic duo of Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. So again, this segment of Bears Weekly brought to you by IGS Energy. So uh, John Hoke at the podium. They're going to start putting defensive assistants at the podium. Coach is, uh, you know, the defensive coordinator, obviously, head coach Eberflus, but everybody asks him about the broader picture as opposed to defense. So it was good to hear uh, the breakdown of Minnesota today. So uh, what before I play anything, and I don't know if you heard him today or not, uh, what do you want to hear from Bears coaches about this Viking team that's going to be playing without their star player? You know, how do you disrupt the timing of Kirk Cousins? Because one thing when you have a player like Justin Jefferson, the timing is pretty consistent in their relationship. 
Now he's got to be able to develop a timing to a number, another number one receiver with somebody else that's inserted in the lineup. And if you can make it uncomfortable for Kirk Cousins, then I think you can make it uncomfortable for the entire offensive performance. All right. Well, let's tackle the topic. No Justin Jefferson on IR with a hamstring for at least the next four games. It'll be his first missed game in his NFL career, which has been star, star, and star. Over 5,000 receiving yards and a real thorn in everybody's side. But just because he's out, you don't sleep. You got to worry about everybody. Well, you know, you, you do uh, adjust things when you have somebody like that, but it's always still on everybody. It's an 11-man game. So even though that you're going to tilt your coverage towards a guy, that means everybody else still has to do their job at a very high level. you still got to rush the passer. you still got to cover their other guys. Uh, they have other receivers that are very capable. So it may uh, change your game plan from the standpoint where you don't have to focus on one guy, but you still got to play 11 guys. And in, and in football, is not going to change. That's why it's the ultimate team game. It's 11 guys doing their job. And I can remember – uh, when we were here, when uh, Charles would go against uh, Megatron in Detroit, well, it, it was never just that matchup. It's 11 guys playing 11 guys and playing at an extremely high level. Now the Charles he refers to, of course, is Charles Tillman. Uh, also those days when he would have to deal with Randy Moss one-on-one in his, his young part of his career, and he handled himself very well. Listen, when Kansas City lost Tariq Hill, it didn't change – what their ability was because they're still a quarterback driven team. And that's the same thing with the Minnesota Vikings. As good as Justin Jefferson is, it's still a quarterback driven offense. So that's where you have to try to make it the most uncomfortable as possible. And then they have this rookie from USC, uh, Jordan Addison. Yeah. yeah he right. outstanding career at Pitt, went to USC, tore it up in 20. He was a blitz and golf winner over 1500 yards at Pitt. And uh, he's got three touchdowns. He's got 19 catches, but he's been a big target already on third down. Here's Hoke on Addison. Well, Jordan's a really good football player. I saw Jordan when he was in high school because uh, at that time I was in Maryland as a D coordinator. And he's a talented football player. He's very good instincts. He's got uh, deep speed. He's, he's very good in and out of the break because uh, he has good foot quickness, you know. He, he's a good football player. He has good concentration on the on the ball, you know, good strong hands to the ball. So he, he's uh, he's worthy of where they took him, and, and he's playing at a high level. We just need to make sure we're playing at a high level as well. Well, even with Jefferson, Tom, uh, you want I think you want to get these guys, beat them up a little bit at the line of scrimmage if you can, and slow down their route and get that rhythm that this quarterback, Kirk Cousins, loves to thrive in. And when he gets in a rhythm and he keeps going, I mean, that ball's going to be moving down the field. So I don't know Minnesota's home and way games. Have they played outside on natural grass yet? Because believe me, as much of it's a transition for teams that play on natural grass to go to the sports turf, it's the same thing for creative athletes to go on natural grass. They're out there examining what type of cleats they should wear. What is the proper footing? But if you can make those guys chop their feet and make as many cuts as possible, then maybe you make this it's a slippery experience for them. So you're right. Make them, uh, you know, change their route at the line of scrimmage. Make sure they change the timing of their route, and maybe you can disrupt the continuity of their offense. Well, week two they played at Philadelphia and, and lost that one 34-28. At Carolina they got their, their only win, 21-13. Uh, so – Carolina's a natural surface. Yeah, so there's yeah. your answer to that. Okay. Uh, 
But it is going to rain, so uh, at least we expect it to anyway. You're, you're the staff meteorologist. I, I've given that up. You, There's only you, a 40% chance of rain, but there is a, a chance near the lake that it could rain. Okay. Well, we'll Soldier keep... Field is near the lake. <laughs> last, last we checked. Right. Pretty soon you're going to be firing the negative uh, wind chills at me. Uh, you know, we're, we're knocking on November's door, I guess. That's yeah, what I said, you know, weather's yeah. changing, leaves are falling. It's a different, you know, the kind of the second stage of a 17-game season. All right, so Jalen Johnson, a chance to return. That certainly makes an impact. Then everybody else settles in here. So you got Tyreek Stevenson. But I'll tell you, this Terrell Smith, is he or is he not impressing you? Because he's impressing me. And he's impressing John Hoke. We'll get your answer after Hoke. Well, if you go back to training camp, he had a really good training camp. He had a lot of production on the ball on a day-to-day basis. And when he's gotten his opportunities, you know, they've all had – everybody on the team's had good plays and bad plays. But he was able to uh, – on uh, the fir- Thursday, he played a really good game, was very instinctive, showed that he's played the game of pro football before. It wasn't too big for him and was really uh, excited for him uh, the way he played and uh, the way he was able to produce. You know, it's I was he took the words right out of my mouth because the recognition of Terrell Smith goes back to training camp. And that's when you kind of watch play positions that are really delicate, and that's cornerback, and that's wide receiver. And so when you see a guy that comes in and has the foot quickness, the acknowledgement of the differences in routes and how to make their hip adjustments, and he had all the traits that you would like to continue to explore his development, that's why John is giving the positive comments about him. He is now. He is uh, limited this week so far with an ankle. Uh, six players missing practice today, including Mercedes Lewis, just a rest for him. Uh, but Kyler Gordon, uh, Kyler Gordon in that all-important nickel spot, so much responsibility there, had a great start to his season. Certainly during the uh, practices, he was all over the ball. If he, if he moves in back into the mix, that should also make everything line up nice back there in the secondary. Yeah, you know, I just want Kyler Gordon to be confident in the use of his hands. It's as important as I just talked about the role of the feet in a defensive back. Sometimes their hands are equally as important. So if he has, if they throw a pass in the direction of his bad hand and he's got to be able to reach into the body of the receiver and deflect it away, I don't want him to have any thinking with that types of those types of details of his job. All right, takeaways. We all want more. John Hoax used to getting takeaways. Certainly when the Bears, uh, in his first go-around, they took the ball away. You have to have a strong belief system in it as, as a coaching staff. And obviously, uh, that's here with Coach Eberflus. Uh, I was fortunate when I was here before. That was a obviously a huge emphasis. And we had guys that was on their mind all the time. They were very mindful of taking the ball away. And that's what is the same thing here. Uh, Coach is almost fanatical, uh, even more than I when I thought uh, when I was here before with Coach Smith. But he's fanatical about it, and you've got to constantly be uh, mindful of coaching that on every play. And then for them, it becomes second nature, uh, just like anything. You keep doing it over and over, and they'll come. As long as you put the effort in, it'll happen for you. Part of that effort time, in my opinion, is getting your hands up at the line of scrimmage. Kirk Cousins also has a lot of batted balls in his career, and those batted balls sometimes land in the, the most interesting of places. So, you know, a defensive lineman, a linebacker, just be and, – and, you know, those things are often lucky bounces, right? But I take the luck quotient out of it because if you're – tuned into your defense 
as a player, assignment sound, you should be in the you should be around the ball at all times, right? So, you know, those are not just lucky bounces all the time. It's also where you play. Takeaways, play. takeaways as a result of proper performance. Yeah. Whatever your job is, linebacker, defensive lineman, cornerback, safety. You first of all, you have to do what your job requirement is on that specific play. And then the timing of the play, because that's we've talked to Charles Tillman a lot about this. When he was perfecting the peanut punch, he was watching the momentum of the receiver catching the ball. And then his mind started to compute how and when is my best opportunity. So, you know, these guys, it's it, like I said, it's, it's part of the performance of the job is the ability to create a takeaway. We want VIP access to every Bears home game, exclusive seating, sideline credentials, and more now available. Get the ultimate VIP fan package this season by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Back with Tom Thayer here on Bears Weekly on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak, on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an in-clinic or virtual appointment and start feeling better tomorrow. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, breaking down Bears, Vikings, getting you set to go on Sunday at Soldier Field. Kickoff at 12.02. Crowd should be ready to rock and roll and uh, battle a little weather, but... And they love the the division games, that's for sure. Uh, Tommy, let's talk Kirk Cousins. Uh, how do you feel about him? A lot of people are mixed on him. They feel he can't win the big games. He can't close out uh, when the chips are on the on the table. And you know, I, I see some of that evidence, but I also see an outstanding quarterback. So he you can know, beat you. It's kind of weird. Kirk Cousins has been in a no-win scenario since he's got drafted. Because you remember Washington at the time, they drafted RG3 with the first round. And then later in the draft, they drafted Kirk Cousins. There's a lot of people said, why in the heck did you take this guy from Michigan State if you just drafted the Heisman Trophy winner? Well, the best decision they made in that draft was drafting Kirk Cousins because he kind of bailed him out when RG3 got hurt as much as he did. And then Kirk Cousins went through a couple of controvers- controversial contract statuses and then he got a big uh three-year all guaranteed deal for the minnesota vikings and then the minnesota vikings fan said well if you have this type of contract you better produce significant playoff wins and, tr- and get this team to a super bowl well then they fire mike zimmer so then they went and bring in another head coach so there's high st- there, you know there's high expectations for kirk cousins it's not like people in Minnesota are just forgetting about what this team should be accomplishing, but now they're one and four and Kirk Cousins is not being offered a next year deal. So it's really a delicate scenario for a quarterback of his experience that is not off being offered another contract by the team. They're one and four and they have a young creative ex quarterback head coach who probably thinks he can bring in another guy in developing, develop him up to the Kirk, Cousins' potential, and like you mentioned, Kurt throws an interception right at the wrong time throughout his career. 35 years of age, but you, you think about seven 4,000-yard seasons, 28 game-winning drives in his career, four-time Pro Bowler. Uh, you know, he's, be- as I said, top of drop, best the best when he's in rhythm. But, you know, this season already, he's had four red zone turnovers, fumble, and or the team has, um, and, and he's had a few. So those are the things that get you beat. And uh, they have been beat, but this is a, a weird kind of a mix here because they decided, eh, nope, no, we're not going to pay Dalvin Cook. 
We're going to try to run with Alexander Madison. The team has turned the ball over nine times. They've got the, the worst uh, quarterback, uh, excuse me, turnover differential in the league. They brought in Cam Akers, who didn't uh, materialize there in L.A. to their satisfaction. They got the young receivers. Offensive line, I'm curious what you think of it. And, uh, and they got a really good tight end in T.J. Hawkinson. Enough to scare you, enough to beat you, honestly. Yeah, you know, Darisau, the, the tackle they brought in, a high draft choice. You know, he's a good player. But, you know, I don't think the rest of the offensive line has been able to compete at an honest division Super Bowl winning type of an offensive line. And then when you have a defense that failed to live up to what they all, they thought their potential was in the last five years, uh, they got rid of guys like Anthony Barr and stuff. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins because of the fully guaranteed contract he got, and they figured within one of those three years that he would lead these guys deep into the playoffs. And this team has just failed to accomplish what management and the fans thought they should be able to accomplish. And now with the one four start, but Kirk Cousins, isn't he leading the league in touchdown passes? Um, you know, I, I think he's got 13 touchdowns or something like that. So, you know, you, you know, he's got numbers, but it's not a full supporting cast, you know, effort that you know when that has these guys winning the division especially with the quarterback turnover and the older quarterback in Detroit yeah 13 touchdowns four interceptions and as we talked uh, on a podcast with Pete Bursich uh, their color analyst the uh, the young man from Providence New Lenox High School he he is what he is he's a pocket passer and uh, I guess that's a a comment on what's coming into the league being dual threat quarterbacks are now all the rage, and so, you know, I still think there's a place for a pocket passer in the I, NFL. I, so. Listen, I, I, I love dual-threat quarterbacks, but, you know, if you don't learn how to throw the ball if, if from the pocket, I think you're going to have a difficult time being a 35-year-old quarterback and, in, 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 you know, seeking out your next contract. When you think of a guy like RG3, who was a running quarterback, he's at the podium with you and I. He's not playing anymore, but, you know. And he's really he's, good at it, by the way. I, I know he is. <laughs> he's good. He, he's, he's very good at it. Yeah. However, he was a Heisman Trophy winner to be a tenured NFL quarterback, and that wasn't the case. So that offensive line, by the way, three second-round picks, two first-round picks on that starting offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, let's talk about their defensive line and what we should expect in terms of Brian Flores. So they, they will, they will as I talk with Cody about it, you know, they'll bring seven. They'll bring six. They blitz a ton. I mean, Matt Eberflus's numbers say 61% of the time they're bringing some sort of extra pressure. How do you, how do you stop it? Well, first of all, you got to be organized in the direction of your protection. It can't be a second glance or a chance that you're guessing right. It's got to be everybody on the same page, every single deep, every single offensive pass play that's called in the huddle the reason that you blitz a lot is because you don't have a lot of faith in your four guys being able to get to the quarterback but the biggest thing to beat a blitz if a quarterback beats them some way shape or form with a run or a throw then all of a sudden it kind of you know takes the defensive coordinator out of that desire to throw six or seven bodies at you every single play and to me if you the offensive line and the running backs and the tight ends and everybody has perfectly organized pass protection, 
a, a guy with the arm that Justin's shown in the last couple of weeks, but the threat of his feet, very scary. Because if you guess right on the offensive side of it and you run away from where the pressure's coming from, you talk about Justin, those 20-yard runs turning into a 40, 50, and farther, longer runs. Yeah, so against the Blitz quarterbacks, according to Stats, Inc., they're 73 of 98, 795 yards, and seven touchdowns against Minnesota with no interceptions and five sacks. High quarterback rating. That's 27th in the NFL. They only have one interception. Well, the, you know, the thing about it is the wild card in the blitzes to me is Harrison Smith because he could line up in one spot and he could drop. He could line up in one spot and during the cadence, he could go all the way to the opposite end of the formation knowing where your vulnerability lies and he could attack from that position. And I know he's a 33-year-old safety. However, he's a super intelligent football player. So when you get a chance to work with a guy like Brian Flores, man, you, you know, you can use your knowledge and your creativeness a lot like uh, the kid in Pittsburgh did. All right, so I, I meant to bring this up, and I actually failed because we talked about it yesterday. So we talk so much now. We do two podcasts a weekend this show. So, you know, we are are closely aligned every day, and I can't remember what we talk about. But when Cody mentioned, and I brought up the Bill Snyder thing, the quote that I found, and he played for Bill Snyder, he brought it up. I had no intention of bringing it up. Um, he, he hit the nail on the head, right? Snyder did, and so did Cody, about that weight room. And, and you're passionate about it because, you, first of all, you loved and you grew up lifting, and then you ran into a guy by the name of uh, Clyde Emmerich, the legend, and that made it even better. But... Do you, and I'm, I, I spoke for you because I think you have talked about this at length with me. You feel some of these injuries that happen, again, not broken bones, strength. Some of these injuries, though, could be avoided if the proper weight training is being taught and um, done in the National Football it, League position by position. Agreed? Yeah, 100%. Football is an extreme sport. If you have to develop your body to the extreme. And that means getting under as much weight as you can possibly handle and challenging yourself on a daily basis in the offseason, a weekly basis during the season. you got to make yourself <clears throat> as strong as you can possibly be. And in my, throughout my career, strength was confidence. I never felt that I was going to go and face a player that was stronger than, than me. And, I, and it, it creates a durability because of the density within your muscle is able to absorb a lot of the punishment of the game and the repetitions that you go through in the different types of body motions you use according to what position you play. And I know training has changed a lot, but football is still a heavy dominated weight um, off-season and during the season to keep your body in, in the shape it needs to be to stay healthy. What, what was the one front? Okay, you were... You are a great weightlifter, clearly. You are super strong. But was there an area of your body that you never developed like you thought you could or should have? No. Legs I got to be honest with you, Jeff. Legs, I, calves, arms, I, I was around. I, I, I grew up in the Joliet area that we have one of the finest young weight co coaches in the for young athletes, both male, female, every single sports, and that's Francis Rudy Rudiger. And then I transitioned to Notre Dame, and I stayed lifting with him my whole college career. And then I was lucky and fortunate to grow around Clyde Emmerich. And there's, you know, two of the most knowledgeable weight, uh, you know, um, guys that are teaching yeah. and instructors in, in the world. And so um, 
No, I mean, those guys, they saw, they pay attention to details and they pushed you, they motivated you. We had guys in the weight room like, you know, Steve McMichael and, and Hampton and, you know, the whole offensive line that I played with that were, and Walter that were just enormously strong. And you just knew it of that era. It had to be. Did you ever get asked to be a strength coach? Would you have ever considered it? Yeah, I would have considered it. Yeah. It would have been it would have been a fun job because you know the thing of the great thing about Clyde Emmerich was he didn't care if you were a first rounder to a free agent. He took the same interest in you no matter who you were or how you became a part of this football team. And he was always a positive encourager. And I think one of the greatest traits of Clyde was he never he never favored anybody because of where you were or who you were. And one of your teammates, uh, we have to uh, condolences out to Kevin Butler, your, uh, the, the great kicker of the Chicago Bears and the passing of his father, Joe. So condolences to uh, Kevin and, and your family down there in Georgia. Yeah, Big Joe passed away today. He was a great man, just a, a fun, a fun, really a, a great father. And I think that's the best compliment you can pay. Yes, it is. A couple of minutes to go as we wrap things up. Our segment coming up, uh, we go a trip around the NFL and some thoughts to get Tom's uh, – uh, blood up, I guess. <laughs> I always like to tweak them. Here Bring on it up. Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. All right, winding down here, Tommy, uh, Jets head coach Robert Sala on Philadelphia's signature brotherly shove. He says, if a quarterback carries the ball, we've got to give him 11 kisses. Agreed? Amen. I agree 100%. <laughs> so there's still a place for it for you, buddy. Hey, I, I, I listen, I'm not crying about the play. It's, it's a well-designed play that's super effective. All right. I meant to bring this up last week in our final 30 seconds. Uh, the CBA says each team may hold two padded practices during the same week during one week of the regular season, provided that such week falls within the first 11 weeks of the regular season. This is what's going on nowadays. Not a lot of pot, padded practices. How, what does that do for you? Well, it's garbage. If you're a team that's suffering from, um, you know, fundamental and technique mistakes on the field, then if you can't perfect them on the practice field, then don't expect your players to be able to do them on the field. The exclamation point. Tommy, good show. Nice job. Appreciate ah, you. Thanks, Big Jeff. Adios. All right, thanks to Eric Ostrowski, Jake Cantu, Charlie Blevins, and Dan Brilli and Jordan Treadup. Thanks to Cody Whitehair. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks for listening, everybody. Coming up next, Chris Bleck and Adam Adala. This has been Bears Weekly on ESPN Chicago. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears Weekly, hosted by the mayor of Bearsville, Jeff Joniak, and Surfmaster Tom Thayer. Podcasts are available on the Chicago Bears official app. Bears Weekly has been brought to you by Apple Podcasts, Bet Rivers, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite.